This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Small Biz America. And welcome back. David Wolf here on the Biz Talk Radio Network. I hope you had a great week in your business. I'm David Wolf, your host. Did I say that already? This is where small business talks, and we're going to be talking with four very compelling guests for the hour coming up. Joanne Whelan, she's the founder of Link to Expert. This is a web portal and collaboration tool for experts of all kinds. You're going to find out more in just a few minutes. Suzanne Tallinn will be with us. She's one of America's premier authorities in personal branding. And, of course, it moves across the line to professional branding. We'll find out what those interrelationships look like. Ryan Cote will be joining us as well. He's the director of marketing and digital everything at Ballantyne, also a host of um, In the Know with Ballantyne. It's a podcast he does right out of New Jersey. So we'll be talking with Ryan Cote and also the Small Biz Brain with Gabe, Gabe Arnold. Gabe Arnold will join us on segment four. The program is sponsored in part by Rembrandt Communications. They are a content marketing and SEO strategists, uh, strategy expert. So uh, you can find out more about Rembrandt Rights at RembrandtRights.com forward slash Small Biz America. In 2007, our guest on this segment created a platform called Link to Expert. This is a web portal and collaboration tool for experts. It's very multidimensional. She can tell you about it better than I can. Let's welcome Joanne Whelan to the program. Joanne, welcome. Thank you, David. It's great to have you as always. Of course, we've done podcasts before together, and uh, this is a subject that, uh, look, this is the main project you've been working on for many years. 2007, take us back. Why did you create Link to Expert? Well, because of the fact that for 20 years prior to that, I actually worked with so many business owners, and they had so many incredible ideas, and the ones that implemented them, David, were about 5%, and those 5% hired somebody to help them. So I wanted to know why more people didn't hire people, and I found most people work in their business, not on their business. They might go to one networking meeting a month, so they really don't know as many people as I did because I constantly traveled and met thousands of business owners. So I realized that they just didn't know where to find them. And long story short, I looked for a resource, couldn't find one, and found that, you know, that was a need, so I filled it. It's so fascinating how so many businesses are born and the need that the business founder discovers when they're looking for a source and they can't find it, right? Exactly. 
Well, this is what you where you found yourself. So, what are the who are the likely candidates that participate in Link to Expert? What 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 are the range of types of participants that you find? Well, the experts first because we have like four different types. The experts are usually consultants, coaches, team builders, trainers, speakers, facilitators, and authors, but not limited to that, but that's the okay. type of experts usually. And then we, of course, have a whole section for event professionals because we find a lot of times event professionals are also looking for different experts, whether it be a subject matter expert for one of their conferences, a keynote speaker for one of their events, as well yeah. as you know an MC or different types of experts. And as well as then we work with executives, of course, hundreds of thousands of them around the globe because of the fact that, again, I traveled, met all these different people, number one. But number two, we in all these different groups that their members are business owners so that they now have a free resource to find different experts and download their articles, blogs, videos, podcasts all kinds of free information as well as if they choose to, they can hire them to help them grow their business. And then the fourth part is people like yourself, BizTalk uh, America, because of the fact that they are the media and they help us get the word out because a lot of times people don't realize they do all these incredible things, David, but if nobody knows about it, it doesn't really matter. So we work with a lot of the media to be able to distribute even our messages even deeper because of the fact that, again, when I my, the need that I found was most people didn't know where to find people, so we just do our best to expose all these different types of experts and what they can do for you as a small business owner to help you take your business to the next level. If you're just joining us, we're visiting with Joanne Whelan. She's the founder of Link to Expert, the website www.linktoexpert.com, and uh, we're talking about that very site. So it's really a collaborative tool. I mean, you mentioned that um, experts that can talk at seminars and create webinars and do speaking engagements and participate as sort of subject matter experts, but there's also collaboration, right? Do you think of that differently than the first case? Um, well, just enhanced because the other thing that I always found was most people that are an expert, are a business owner, are an entrepreneur because many times they're all one and the same even as an executive so that they're intertwined and they're good at something but they're not good at everything but the right. other biggest biggest challenge everybody has too is how to do sales and marketing because when you become an employee David most of the time you have to sell yourself say three times to get the job and that's you know fine but the average entrepreneur slash business owner has to sell themselves consistently and frequently because of the fact that they're constantly looking for new projects. And sure. with that in mind, the average expert, that was not their expertise. They became the expert. They became the entrepreneur because of something that they were really good at. But the majority of the time, it wasn't that they were good at sales and marketing. And they didn't realize when they were an employee how challenging it is to get those jobs or those projects on their desk, on their bench, because of the fact that that wasn't something they had to do. So that's the other reason we created Link to Expert, because of the fact that I did come from sales and marketing, and what I did find, what you just said, was collaboration. That is the real key. We all promote each other without even trying. We created all these automated ways to be able to help you spend only five minutes a week to get in front of these tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people, 
but as well being promoting other experts, again, without even having to do anything. We just believe that you're supposed to eliminate anything that is not necessary in your life and delegate to other people that can do it as good or better than you, as well as automate as many things so that you don't have to do them over and over. Well, the word automation when it comes to sales is, of course, very attractive. Um, and the population you have is, is, as I recall, it's it's fairly large, right? I mean, you're reaching members who participate in Link to Expert are, in fact, reaching, what, thousands of people? T give us a sense of the, the uh, population. Tens of thousands, but many times we reach hundreds of thousands because many of our groups that work with us, depending on how many members they have, and often they either take our expert articles, their blogs, their videos, their podcasts, whatever, and distribute it, just kind of like you always are on all these different sources to be able so it's to like, distribute your podcast. So, yeah, sorry to step in, but and is so it, it really so it's like... it depends on who picks it up, and the other thing is we, we really believe in social media, so we, you know, send out 30 or 40 tweets a day about it, so we use a lot of social media Facebook, LinkedIn, as well as then we have many people that retweet our stuff. And so that's how it just all grows and grows and grows. And that's why there's not really that I don't want to give you a number. It just depends on who picks what up. But because of the fact that we, you know, do our best to constantly work with different groups like yourself. I mean, this is so exciting. We're at the beginning of your launch. And to be able to, you know, now right. get the message out via Small talk, you know, small business America. And Biz I just, talk, yeah, right, exactly. Right, right. Well, listen, the work you're doing, you've been at this for quite a long time, and you, as I understand it, you came out of your own sales career, right? What were you doing prior to launching this? Well, believe it or not, I was in sales for um, companies like Intel, meaning that we, I was always in some type of networking, but meaning networking, yeah. meaning like in the computer business that you network computers together. Oh, okay. And so, but but the reason that was important was because the people that we sold to were small businesses, and so I was always there all over the U.S. as well as the Caribbean, teaching them how to sell and market our particular type of product, as well as how to bundle it with other products to make a total solution as yeah. well as how to t support it so david it, w it really goes hand in hand with what i'm doing now because like yeah. just for an example back then you would pay ten thousand dollars for a one-page ad in computer reseller news well I, I thought well what if we would you know have 10 different solutions on there and each of us only pay a thousand dollars and then we could have 10 ads for ten thousand instead of paying ten thousand for one that's just one example and that's really what we do here at link to expert instead of each one of us having to pay for one thing you know we all divide it up because of the fact that we all get the exposure we all get the um known as the solution the power of scale joanne Wheeland, uh, the founder of link to expert the website one and the same link to expert.com just like it sounds link to expert.com find out about her collaborative tools uh, the uh, the power of scale as a collaborator on Link to Expert, her platform. Joanne, as always, thank you so much for joining us on the program. Thank you, David. Really good to have Joanne. That's terrific. Uh, Suzanne Tulin will join us for uh, segment two. 
in uh, just a few minutes, so please don't go away. This is Small Business America, where small business talks. Suzanne Tulin coming up. She's a, a branding expert. She knows all about brand DNA. Do you know what your brand DNA is? We'll see you in just a few minutes, 17 past the hour. Small Biz. Small Biz America. She says your brand, that's your brand, is as, is as, he said, is as unique as your DNA, and that really branding is an inside job. Suzanne Tulin has helped thousands of business owners and professionals discover their own brand, elevate it, and then leverage it to success. She's the founder of the Brand Ascension Group and joins us, joins us from her offices near Denver, Colorado. Suzanne, welcome. Hey, good to be here. Always good to have you. You've said that discovering and elevating a personal brand is just as essential as a business brand. So let's unpack this a little bit. This is core to the work you do. It is. It is. So where do we begin in unpacking it? It's 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 a huge topic, obviously, right? Right. Um, I would say that if I could just separate the two, the the business brands that I work with, the reason why I call them business brands is because you want to think of them as a collective entity. So they include the employees and everything that is that the business does. And so the employees mm. have to have that, that mindset that is in alignment with whatever the brand promise is being. So that's, that's very important for the brand to be successful. Now, with a personal brand, it's, you're the boss of you, right? So you right. are the one making the decisions on how you show up authentically and how you want others to perceive you. So you have the sole responsibility of being consistent, distinctive, and engaging within your own profile or idea of your own brand. So if you're the brand of your business, like a solo professional, then you're making all those brand decisions. But when you're in a business with employees, then you've got to rely on the knowledge and education of your employees to truly understand and live out the brand. Do you su- yes, it does, Suzanne. Do you suggest that business owners, CEOs, leaders in business first discover, work on developing their own personal brand before they bring it into the business that they run, or can they run them concurrently and really do this discovery process, the work you do, in, uh, simultaneously? Well, my answer to that is it depends. I'm you know not a lawyer, <laughs> but that's the answer. But I would say that right. um, the the sooner they get started in identifying and defining the brand that they want others to perceive of them the better. So they can start any time. I think my urgency is around start now, right? If if you're thinking about it, um, you already have a brand, by the way. Everybody does. I love that about the work you do. Yeah, the fact that you once said it's a treasure hunt. In other words, it's not like you go to something external to look for your brand and then identify it and plug it in, right? It's really something we discover inside of ourselves. Right. Yeah, well, inside of ourselves and, and again, with bigger companies, with employees, it's it's within the auspices of how that company can operate in the most authentic way and can do it consistently. So we identify and define the brand through through this process called brand DNA, which is my flagship product. And it is, and you're correct in, in saying that it, it, it's a oh it's it's malfunctioning. I think in my in my own terms, when a company goes outside of itself and chooses to create um, actions and behaviors and, and words or marketing messages, right, that they think their clients want to hear. 
rather than developing something from within and knowing that that's what you can actually become and then write the messaging around that versus chasing the customer because the customer is so crazily fickle that they don't know what they want until they see it or that you can innovate enough to direct them into wanting that thing. It's really about grounding. It's really about then grounding yourself. As I hear you say this, it's about really mastering and understanding and being able to message. And, and I wanted to ask you about the concept of brand control. Um, this mm. is something that comes up because of the internet and the transparency and just the ability to anybody can learn anything about anybody or any company. So how do you like to think about it? Oh, brand control. Wow. It's, <laughs> that's a lo it's a loaded term. We could do that in another show if you prefer. Yeah, it's it's huge. It's okay. How, it's, so it's only it's only what you can control is yeah. what your brand is, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so everything outside of that that you you can't even attempt to control others' perceptions of you outside of what you can obviously already like. Let's just talk Disney here, right? Disney can create this fantasy world in its space on property. It can do everything in its in its means to um, have music playing constantly, even in a thunderstorm. You know, have birds chirping with the music they play all over the place, right? And and right. the costumes and the colors and the, the everything that's going on there, they can make it a fantasy world. But outside of that, they can't. They can't control so, that. So you have to know what you can control, and not try to control what's out of your control. Sort of fundamental, well, but of, well, yeah. yes. But listen to this, part of part of understanding that and letting that go, that outside control go, is where you start really begin honing your target audience and understanding who is going to be your advocate, right? And who gets yeah. what it is that you do and appreciates it to that point yeah. where, it's, where it's so consistent they buy into it. Yeah, you don't want everybody as your customer, but you want that person, those people that get you, yeah. understand your brand, buy into it. They're stakeholders, they invest in it, and they're excited about what you do and who you are probably more than or as much as what you do. Mm. I wanted to, well, as the, we want, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say one of the six myths of small business branding is that your brand is, is universal, meaning that you appeal to everybody, and that's certainly a myth. Because you can't. And once you decide that and really understand it, get conscious of it, drop the oars around it, and start focusing right. on those who really get you and love you, then that's yeah. when you really start growing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. D don't keep moving horizontally. Really focus on your core. That's so core to all of this. This is the work you do. So you have several products as we line out. we got a couple minutes left. Tell yeah. us about the work you're doing, where to find out more, and you know, kind of how you work. Yeah, so I work one-on-one -on -one with clients, um, big company, middle size, middle market size companies, and small business solo professionals. And I have several different products for each of those in different um, price ranges, depending on how much you want me to be there to hold your hand, so to speak. So it's all through the brand DNA methodology. There's on-site training for your teams. There's one-on-one -on -one training. We've got mastermind groups. We have my book, which is a product. Um, online Beautiful. training. I, I speak and train internationally, so I, I'm a speaker as well, and a highly engaging, mm -hmm. interactive, experiential speaker. Um, so, yes. so many ways. I have blogs, I have brand bite videos, all kinds of different things to get information. 
As we close out the segment, Suzanne, um, I was sorry, I was going to ask you one more thing. Did I step on you? Or did you have more there? No, I was just going to give you my website because I thought that's what you also asked me for. <laughs> yeah, I certainly was going to do that. Go ahead. It's um, brandascension.com. Brandascension.com, www.brandascension.com is the website to learn more about the work Suzanne Tuline uh, is doing in her world, her universe of brand discovery, brand DNA, the flagship product. It's, it's always so good to be with you. You're such an expert in this field. There's a load of material on the website, folks, so you can go there and learn more. Um, let us know what you learn. You can always send me an email or Suzanne an email. Uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, as you're looking at the materials there. And Suzanne, we'll do it again. Thanks so much for being with us mm. on the program. Yeah, I just want to say branding is fun. Don't be afraid of it. Let's do it. Fearlessly, she says. Thanks, Suzanne. We'll see you next time. It's 30 past the hour. Don't go away. It's time for another PR and SEO quick tip with Melanie Rembrandt. Melanie, is public relations expensive? The good news is public relations does not need to be expensive, and you can do it yourself. Now, sure, there are big PAR agencies out there that charge monthly retainers anywhere from $9,000 on up, and those can be well worth the cost. But as a small business owner, you may have a budget of zero or just a little bit more and need to do your own PR, and that's not a problem. Public relations is just a matter of creating a story angle for a specific media member and then sharing your story. And once you master this skill, you'll generate free publicity that can help boost sales, awareness, and credibility fast. Want to boost sales fast with public relations and search engine optimization? Listen to PR and SEO Quick Tips with Melanie Rembrandt and visit RembrandtWrites.com forward slash radio for your free newsletter, exclusive tips, and more. Small Biz America. He's the Director of Marketing and Digital at Ballantyne. This is a family-owned direct mail and digital marketing company celebrating, get this, 50 years in business. Ryan Cote, he's been immersed in everything you want to know about online, that whole world, since 2001 with experience in almost every digital marketing channel you can imagine. Ryan Cote joins us from his offices in somewhere in New Jersey. Ryan, welcome to the program. Thank you, David. It's great to have you. A um, number of things that you like to think about, and of course, you are the host of your own podcast, uh, which we produce called In the Know with Ballantyne. So uh, uh, happy to have you with us. You've discussed a lot of these subjects with others that you've interviewed, so it's fun to have you on the other side of the mic. Um, uh, top and center is I wanted to talk about family business. You are, what, a third or fourth generation business? Talk to us a little bit about the development of the business you now are in. Yeah, thanks, David. Thanks for having me. So, yeah, Valentine, uh, you know, I'm the third generation. Uh, my grandfather and his brother started the company in the mid-60s, and now wow. my father and uncle own the business, and I work with uh, my two brothers, so it's a lot of fun. <laughs> what, are the cha what are the things about family business operations that people might get wrong or not understand, sort of the myths about it? I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's like network never ends, because you think of Thanksgiving or Christmas, you're around your family, and you inevitably talk about work. But, right. you know, for us it works because we, you know, we all get along, and, and there's a hierarchy of, of command here. You know, my father and uncle have the, the final say in everything, but, you know, our, our input obviously is, is encouraged. But 
there's not a lot of fighting because there is that hierarchy of command and and it's worked it's worked well for us I mean, obviously so, 50 years is a long time and yeah 50 years is a long time and uh i was going to say that uh, you have a clear path to leadership clearly defined goals i've heard from some experts around family business that one of the most challenging elements is the lack of clarity about who reports to who um, and also having the right people in the right positions because sometimes they're in the positions for the wrong reasons. So I know that comes up. I'm, it sounds like it's not at all an issue for your family business at, Val at Ballantyne, uh, rather. I, I wanted to take on the subject. I know this is a, an important one for you is leadership. Uh, and all five talking points that you sent me in advance are important. But leadership is something that I know you th you spend some time thinking about. And I can tell from the way you interview your own guests. So how do you like to think about what makes a great leader? You know, this is something new for me because I, you know, I, I've recently I've recently started managing uh, employees on our digital side. And so it's something that I've I've tried to read up on and, and I've, I've learned from just doing. And, you know, for me, a leader, a good leader is someone that, you know, leads by example uh, looks out for their employees, treats them fairly, uh, asks, for, asks for their input. You know, you're constantly in touch with them, seeing how they're doing. And you know, and while you obviously have, you know, response, they have responsibilities that they that they need to attend to. Um, you know, if they do make mistakes, you're you know you're stern but but flexible as well. I, I found that to be very effective for myself and and from other people that I've interviewed, they seem to say the same things. How many people do you have reporting to you now that on the digital side? Uh, three. Okay. So, three people. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like an emotional intelligence meets logis logistical and delegation is a part of this equation too. And you mentioned listening. I mean, I think so many people just underestimate the effect of being an active listener, right? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think, you know, you need to really be in tune with your employees and, and make sure they're happy and, you make sure they're doing their job, but that you're supporting them so that they could do their job the best, best you know, the best way possible to their abilities. And I think listening is a huge part of that. You need to be listening so you can figure out what's going on with them. You know, are they happy? Are they doing what they should be doing? And are you supporting them the right way? You mentioned also that you talk often, or there's this constant communication, as you put it, which I guess is also core and critical, core and critical rather to all of this working. Yeah, yeah, we have we have morning meetings yeah, every every day. Uh, Monday through Friday, we have morning meetings to go over clients, and just from that, you can get a kind of get a sense as to are they overworked? Are they, you know, are things going okay? Well, you know, what are their, you know, where, where are they at with, uh, you know, their job and what they're doing and their happiness and all that? And the, the morning meetings have been critical for us to kind of get engaged as to how things are working out. Yeah, where are you? Yeah, we're list we're uh, rather visiting with Ryan Cote. He's a principal at Ballantyne. They're a digital marketing, uh, well, really a full-service marketing agency located in New Jersey, www.ballantyne.com, B-A-L-L-A-N-T-I-N-E.com, just like it sounds, kind of like it sounds, right? Um, let's shift gears. Yeah. Ryan, uh, digital marketing and direct mail were also on your list of topics to sort of look at today. So let's take them one at a time. The digital space, what are you seeing there what would you like to share with our audience of small business owners about how to do digital marketing? You know, digital marketing, so when we started out on the digital side at Ballantyne, we were just doing search engine optimization, and fast forward to today, and we're doing, you know, most, almost every channel. And what we found is that having that integrated approach really, truly is effective. 
So not just putting all your eggs in one channel, you know, SEO, for example. Here we found that they, all the channels work together, SEO, paid search, social media content. When you do it right, you, they, all, they all feed off each other. So we're seeing the best results uh, with clients that are, that are investing in, in all the different types of channels, all the different channels. Um, it's, uh, okay. It does take budget, of course, but you could do some of that in-house and still get the same results. All right, all right, very good. Um, and then on the direct mail side, which is, you know, to some folks they say, well, direct mail, that sounds kind of old school, but uh, what say you about direct mail in today's sort of economy that we're dealing with? Yeah, I mean, direct mail definitely is not dead. I know everyone says that because of the rise of digital, but, you know, you right. look at your inbox, your email inbox, and you've got hundreds of emails every day. Look at your mailbox, and you have maybe, what, 10, 15, 20 mail pieces. So, you know, the, the key to direct mail is, you know, the, the right list, having the right list, you know, going to a very targeted, you know, who's your exact target audience, getting a list of, the, of those exact people, and then giving them a really good offer. And when you get your, you know, when you get that piece in the person's, inbox, uh, person's mailbox, uh, direct mail can be very effective. One of the mysteries about direct mail or even email marketing is where to get lists and how do you like to think about list acquisition? Is it? I guess it's best done organically, but tell us a little bit about how you advise your clients. Yeah, so with mailing lists, you're typically working with a list broker. So you're going a list broker, someone that has access to all these different types of lists. It could be either compiled data or it can be uh, you know, rent the name, like you want to rent the, the customers of Pottery Barn or what have you. So you just need to know exactly who your target audience is, and then a list broker can help you find the best list that have that target audience. Okay, so the broker can guide you in terms of this process, and you can rely on them to do that. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So that's nice. not something we do at Ballantyne. We have a partner that we, that we put the people in touch with, but that you want a list broker. A list broker is the person that can advise you on all, all those different types of demographics. Select to be best. Ryan at Ballantyne, um, in terms of your customer acquisition process, what, who are there particular types of businesses that you tend to work with best, or does it run the gamut? Give us sort of a sense of your mix. Yeah, on the print side, David, uh, on the direct mail side, it's it's mostly large mailers. You know, companies are doing a lot of mail and, and need help with it. And that could be, it's mostly B2C companies that are doing large volume mailings. Okay. On the digital side, we're mostly working with small to medium companies. We don't specialize in any particular niche, but we're looking for companies that are looking to invest in all different types of channels to help us do our job best. And you know, that's, that's so far has been a mix of B2B and B2C. Uh, we haven't really settled on a particular niche yet, but it's, uh, we'll see what happens as the years go on. Yeah, yeah. So you're located somewhere, I say, somewhere in New Jersey. Tell us exactly where you are, and uh, let's get some website coordinates and so forth. Yeah, so we're in Fairfield now. We were in Wayne, New Jersey for 25 years, and we just moved to Fairfield, New Jersey in July of 2015. And uh, it's been good. It's been a great move. Beautiful, beautiful. Ryan Cote. You can also hear him on iTunes. In the Know with Ballantine is the name of the series. The website, again, is www.ballantine.com. Is there a phone number folks should know about? Yeah, you can reach me at 973-305-1504. All right, beautiful. They are experts in all things digital marketing and uh, really offline uh, marketing as well. So, Ryan, as always, thanks. We'll do it again. Great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, David. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Up next, it'll be Gabe Arnold on the Small Biz Brain. It's 46 past the hour.
Small Biz America. He's the founder of Copywriter Today, an expert in email marketing, automation, and a sales, marketing, and business consultant. Our recurring guest on the Small Biz Brain is the brain, Gabe Arnold. Gabe, welcome back. Thanks, David. I'm glad to be here. Always good to have you. Uh, you've got a unique set of insights, and you're uh, very much active in growing your own business, so it's always stimulating to have you. Today we're going to talk about, well, many things, but the emails, the lengths of emails, uh, the way your note reads is, our emails may be short, but here's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, one of the things that I love, I love talking to entrepreneurs and small business owners and marketing managers and just everybody that, you know, is aware of or involved with email marketing is how to make it, you know, successful. And I think that for whatever reason, there's like some misinformation that floats around around it. Um, but in reality, I believe that email marketing is still the number one way to generate revenue for any business. Um, hmm. And I'll kind of explain to you what I what I mean by that. But um, you know, email marketing gives you that that ability to be in the most personal space for most people these days in the palm of their hand and in their phone and, and right there. And so done correctly, it can be incredibly successful. And I see that my clients are able to, um, you know, generate anywhere from like 35 bucks a year per email address up to like three to $500 per email address per year. Hmm. And so when you look at a small email list, um, don't worry about its size, worry about its value. And uh, so the other, the other kind of um, aspect to, you know, think about is when you do any marketing, and this applies to email marketing too, the first question you should ask yourself is how can I serve my audience and these prospects and these people that I'm going to interact with at the highest level? Meaning like what can I do to make their life easier or better or solve their problems? And that mindset or attitude is, is really important. And so there's four things that I just want to share with everybody today. Um, how to gather sure. email addresses so you can build your list, how often you should market to your list, um, what call to actions to include, and then, you know, how to measure success. And so I'll just touch on, on each of those briefly. Perfect. And then, of course, if anybody has more questions, they can just look me up on copywritertoday.net, and I'll answer anything else that anybody sends me. Um, so the first thing is with that thought process of serving your, you know, serving your audience and really giving something of value, the best way to gather email addresses is take all the information that you can and pack it into a useful guide or a how-to video course or something that you can just give away for free. And then you put a form up on your site. You know, you can do this through multiple different email softwares or CRMs. Put a form up. People put in their name and email address, and they get access to something that really should be truly remarkable and valuable. So you create your lead magnet. So that's step one. Um, then what you want to do um, is you want to send to that individual, the person that's just joined your list and is interested, you want to send messaging to them um, potentially every day, depending on your market space and what you're doing, because they just engage and ask for help from you. So this is your warm introduction to send them useful information, offer to reach out, get on the phone, or whatever your next step is. <clears throat> and so the call to actions that you include inside of your email series should be, you know, click here to get a free sample if you're, you know, giving away something digital or that you can ship for free. Or 
just reply to this message and we'll set up a time to speak. Or there should always be a soft call to action to take the relationship to the next level. Um, and you know, there's a myriad of ways of doing that, um, but you should always include your call to action. Okay. okay. Always then, have an offer, as some say. Yeah, yeah always have a, at least a soft offer of like, oh, and by the way, if you need help with something or you need, you know, if you need this tool or whatever it might be, here's how you can access that. And you mentioned okay. what is my company um, email signature across the entire company. We put that in the footer and it has like, here's free courses on marketing or, you know, check this out or this is why our emails are short. We get a lot of them and we try to respond quickly. Like we try to tell a story no matter what kind of email we're sending out. Um, so always have something for people to click and do and engage so you can measure their their interest. And then just a basic is make sure that you're using email marketing software that shows you opens and tracks and, you know, the links that are being uh, clicked. You don't ever want to BCC people um, from just a private email client because that will just ruin your email address. Um, it's yeah. So it's just I still see folks doing that all the time. I, you know, I tend to, yeah. they may tend to be older, you know, maybe they're baby boomers, uh, which I'm a member of that club, by the way. But uh, yeah. just they're not they're unaware of how to not to do that. <laughs> the fact that they should right. not be doing and that can just be really damaging and it can get you flagged as a spammer, which you're not trying to be. So always, you know, invest the few dollars a month that it costs. There's a lot of great platforms. We have one. There's MailChimp. There's, you know, there's all sorts of platforms out there, but make sure you use one. Um, and then when you measure success in an email campaign, and that's why I brought up making sure that you're using a platform, it's based on just a, a few simple things. One, how many people are opening the message. If they're opening the message, then you've successfully created a subject line that piques their interest and serves their need. And then when they click, you've had the right call to action, like click here to book a time in my calendar, or click here to grab this free sample, or click here to read the rest of this useful how-to article that will solve your problem. Those are your two biggest at the campaign level success points. Um, and then ultimately, you have to ask for the sale. And you know, so when people reply or call you or it drives business, then that is the real success that you'll find out of it. Um, and so those are, those are the things that I, just basic things that I always measure when I'm, when I'm doing email marketing. I love it. I love it. And folks can find out more about you, of course, at uh, copywritertoday.net. Uh, you guys build websites, you consult, you do email automation, marketing automation on your platform called BME or Business Marketing Engine. Fabulous, yep. flexible, uh, late-breaking uh, sort of version of uh, automation system. So it's great stuff. Gabe, as always, great to have you on the Brain segment. Thanks so much for, uh, for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much, David. Talk to you then. All right, we'll see you then. So I've got a quote as we uh, kind of close out this show. Um, he says, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost about 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game's winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that's why I succeed. And you might know this was uh, Michael Jordan, NBA Hall of Famer that uh, said that some time ago. So brilliant. Uh, I'd like to include inspiring quotes at the end. That is our show for this week. You can always listen to our show archives at iTunes or on biztalkradio.com. If you like what we hear, I hope you do. Please give us a smashing review, as they say somewhere in, on the East Coast, on iTunes. Give us a smashing review on iTunes. We really appreciate that. You can send me an email at david at smallbizamerica.com. If you'd like to be a guest, send an email to guests with an S, guests at smallbizamerica.com. 
and uh, we'd like to hear from you either way. Next week, we've got some great guests for you. Have a great week in your business. Be well. The opinions you hear on BizTalk Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of this station, BizTalk Radio, its management, or advertisers. The information on BizTalk Radio does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. Please consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions about BizTalk Radio, contact us at 817-274-1609 or at biztalkradio.com. BizTalkRadio.com This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.